we'd like to welcome you to our emergency freedom alerts for July 31st, 2022. I'll go ahead and open us up today with our rotating the prayers. This is the updated group prayer list of current event prayer points. Father God in heaven, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, we pray for you to expose and destroy the Great Reset Agenda worldwide designed to bring in the New World Order. And for your divine intervention regarding the conflict in Ukraine, please protect the Christians, the innocent, and the righteous in the Ukraine and the surrounding areas. And may this conflict be used to bring forth your truth and righteousness. We pray that every evil plan and scheme of, the, of evil will be exposed and destroyed regarding this war and to expose and destroy the COVID-19 agenda worldwide with all of its big brother agendas. And Lord, we would include the monkeypox thing now as well. And all of its big brother agendas like DNA defiling, graphene oxide filled, parasite ridden, nanotech laden vaccinations from Pfizer, Moderna, Janssen, Johnson & Johnson, AstraZeneca and others. And for the stoppage and the eradication of all contact tracing programs, forced, forced mask wearing, social distancing mandates, lockdown and quarantine mandates and the implementation of the COVID-19 digital passports and for God's judgment and the destruction to be upon the vaccine and medical cartels perpetuating this evil to be exposed and destroyed and to thwart any deep state false flag attacks in order to blame anti-vaxxers, Christians and gun owners. We pray for the destruction of CERN and all other 30,000 plus particle colliders worldwide and the destruction of all D-wave quantum computers and for the eradication of every wicked portal or doorway these devices and all witchcraft taking place in the universe have opened and all dark matter they have created would be destroyed and for the reversal of every Mandela effect that they have produced. Regarding the body of Christ, we pray for strength, endurance, courage, guidance, favor, divine providence, and foreknowledge, and the power to overcome all this wickedness that is increasing by the day, and for the defense, protection, and victory of all Christians worldwide, especially the persecuted and all targeted individuals worldwide, and for God to reveal any unconfessed sin, iniquity, trespasses, and transgressions to his Christians that need to be repented of, and any ungodly agreements we have with the world, and for God to be done um, and for God's will to be done in all Christian churches that are in bondage to the spirit of witchcraft, whether in buildings, online, or otherwise, and that all 501c3 churches, and for all 501c3 churches, for that matter, and to expose and remove all witches and ministers of Satan masquerading as angels of light in them, and to break the power of all witchcraft over these churches in Jesus' name, to loose the spirits of truth and discernment on the deceived Christians worldwide, and for them to have eyes to see, ears to hear, and hearts to receive the truth, and to deliver Christians from the spirit of witchcraft and from following a false light. We pray as you instructed in Luke 10:2 that the Lord of the harvest, that he would send forth laborers into the harvest. And for all Christians to wake up and spread the gospel and push back against all their freedoms being taken away. Also for the destruction of the 501c3 FEMA clergy response teams being activated in America to betray and destroy the Christians and that they would be exposed. We pray against the slaughter of Christians worldwide. We pray and the slaughter of the innocent, Lord. We pray for the destruction of the wicked plans of this current evil American political administration and all evil political administrations worldwide and for the fear of God to be upon both the Democrats and Republicans and if they will not repent of their wickedness that God would hedge up their way with thorns and have them in total confusion and that they would turn on each other and devour one another and against every level of government that has been hijacked by wickedness and for the destruction of the Chinese CCP plans to take over America, Mexico, and Canada, and elsewhere, and for the eradication of groups like Black Lives Matter and Antifa, 
for the diverting of any incoming asteroids or meteors that might hit the Earth, for God's intervention regarding the Second Amendment and the disarmament gun confiscation situation developing in the U.S. and elsewhere, for God's intervention regarding the coming food and water shortages and the honeybee die-off worldwide, for the stoppage of all U.N. troops already in America and elsewhere, for God's intervention regarding all weather warfare to destroy crop yields and create famine, for God's intervention regarding the wildfires, caused by directed energy weapons attacks and the wicked plans surrounding this to be destroyed for the eradication of all planned uh, pandemic plagues worldwide for the destruction of the exploding GMO weaponized tick and mosquito populations everywhere for the stoppage of the illegal alien terrorist embedded soldier caravans coming up through the US southern border for the stoppage and the exposure of the Latin American Chinese Russian and Muslim fifth column sleeper cell soldiers embedded in America and elsewhere for the destruction of the five 5G and 6G radiation sources and the thousands of satellites being launched sending intense microwave radiation over the earth um, specifically for God's judgment on the companies of SpaceX, OneWeb, T-Telesat, AST and Science, OmniSpace, Amazon and Earth Now and for physical protection of our families and the animals from these EMFs. For the eradication and the exposure of all pedivore, pedopredator and all child sex trafficking networks worldwide like Protasia and Nambla. We pray for the destruction of all adrenochrome harvesting complexes worldwide and for the destruction of all children imprisoned in these satanic torture centers and for the destruction of the LGBTQ movement and against the normalization of all child molestation and sexualization of teens, children, and babies, for the protection of all infants, children, teenagers, and adults caught in these evil networks, for the eradication of all adult and child pornography, bestiality pornography and snuff film sources and businesses for the eradication of all abortion clinics and Planned Parenthood centers worldwide and the stripping of the power of witchcraft from their owners and employees for the eradication of all witchcraft being done worldwide trying to bring in more evil death and destruction against the internet kill switch implementation for the destruction of the plans uh, and wickedness of high-level politicians everywhere for the destruction of the mandatory vaccination mandates being implemented and, and that the truth would come out regarding them for the destruction of the wicked factions of modern medicine and the pharmaceutical and vaccine industries. For the masses to get saved, to have eyes to see, ears to hear, and hearts to receive the truth. We pray against the full implementation of the Real ID in 2023. For the stoppage of the South African genocide of whites and the genocide of blacks in Africa. For God to neutralize and stop the Fukushima nuclear radiation contamination and nuclear radiation reactors breaking down worldwide. For the canceling of any Big Brother draconian changes taking place worldwide against further vote rigging in the elections everywhere for stoppage of the exposure of the Muslim invasion of Europe America and Canada for the eradication worldwide of all plain deep state and Muslim false flag events everywhere for the eradication worldwide of all chemtrail programs Nexrad Doppler ultrasound weather manipulation and NASA blast wave accelerators for the destruction of all wickedness being perpetuated by Hollywood Netflix Amazon Google Facebook Twitter Instagram YouTube and all tech giants and the dominant streaming content producers for the destruction of any non-human entities that walk among defile exploit and murder or infiltrate humanity for the pop culture rock rock and rap music industry to be eradicated for the eradication of the vatican the pope and catholicism and that the catholics would be saved for the destruction of the global banking cartels and the 13 families of the illuminati for this for all satanic ritual abuse and mk ultra mind control victims that they be delivered saved and protected from the satanic agenda that has been implemented against them for the wicked factions of the public universities and public school systems to be turned to righteousness and also lord for you to deactivate neutralize destroy and purge any and all covid 19 vax vaccine spike proteins nanobots nanoparticles nanotech 
graphene oxide, microchips, implants, luciferase, hydrogel, wicked bacteria, viruses, candida, prions, and parasites in or on our bodies and to deactivate, neutralize, and destroy and purge any other wicked things the global the globalist elite may have gotten into our bodies and we loose legions of angels regarding all these prayer points to accomplish your will and we bind up every devil demon evil entity or fallen angel that would try to hinder these petitions and command them to go where jesus christ tells them to go and command that none come to take their place and in the name of the lord jesus christ we pray these things amen okay so we'll get right into the teaching got going to be covering a lot of uh Oh, this is going to be more of a, like, kind of more of a stuff leaning more toward the scriptural side today. Uh, we are going to cover some current events. It's not going to be as current event dominant. But all of this relates to current events. And this was my conviction, I felt, as a watchman a long, long time ago, going back probably about 22 years when I first started putting out emails, is to try to reconcile these end time current events because they are end time types of current events with the Bible and to expose the devices of Satan so Satan doesn't get an advantage of you to not be ignorant of Satan's devices as the Bible instructs us and so that's been kind of my one of my motivating factors so the first one I, I this is just unbelievable. I mean, this is just the cherry on top of the satanic Sunday. I could not believe, I, I believe a listener sent me this. I haven't seen much more about it, but I entitled this Beyond Blasphemy. New book, a new book out. President Donald J. Trump, the son of man, the Christ, is now available on the internet. In detail, it explains how Jesus, the Son of God, always spoke about the Son of Man in the third person every single time and how Trump fulfills these scriptures as the Son of Man. I'll let you hear it straight from this blasphemous devil's forked tongue. I'll let you hear it right from the author. I imagine this, he's got the comments turned off for, for this video. He's got more than one. So I'm, I'm just going to play not even two minutes of this. But In my book, President Donald J. Trump. Here you go. He's holding it up. You will see that um, Trump is the Christ, that he is the son of David, uh, King David, and that he is the son of man. And when you start reading the scriptures... Son of David. Right. From a lineage standpoint, he could never, ever prove that. Uh, I've got into Trump's lineage. I've, got, I've done whole teachings on why Trump cannot even be the Antichrist. Much less the Son of Man. He doesn't qualify as either. From a lineage standpoint alone, he's disqualified. Not only that, he's a buffoon and a, a serial womanizer and considered by so many a total joke. I mean, he's done it all. You know, the, the pro wrestling thing with Vince McMahon. I mean, the, the, the womanizing stuff, the good buddies with Jeffrey Epstein, <laughs> the, the telling everybody to take the kill shot. And he's so proud of that 
wonderful, beautiful shot that he brought to us. And if it was Joe Biden that was there at the helm, when that all happened, it would have taken years longer. He still doubles down, triples down on all that. So many more. I mean, I, I've done so many. Again, my, my files on Trump are over 100 pages now. All documented stuff, pretty much easy to prove. Court documents, the whole nine yards. I'm not even going to get into the child molestation, those things, and all the other stuff on the sexual side. Again, I've done that before. That's my biggest file, actually. That one's, I think, 60, 70 pages on that. Um, but according to this fork-tongued devil from the pit of hell, this blasphemous devil, which is what he is, you talk about no fear of God. You talk about being so biblically illiterate and so blinded by demons and devils that he would dare assert that Donald Trump is the Christ, the son of man, the son of King David. It, it just beyond boggles the mind. Do yourself a favor. You can take any scripture in the New Testament, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, and you will see that Jesus, who is the Son of God, always and always spoke about the Son of Man, and he referred to the Son of Man in the third person. But whenever Jesus spoke about himself, and he referred to himself, it was always in the first person as the Son of God. There's a huge difference between the Son of God and the Son of Man. People read this Bible. I, I'm not even going to get it. I, I'm not going to do any kind of Bible study. It's so insane what he's saying. And the fact that he would pick, of all people, Trump <laughs> is to call him the Christ. <laughs> and his whole premise is this third person thing. I mean, you know, it's that expression when all you have is a hammer, everything looks like a nail. And See, these demons get into these people's minds, okay? And they get one tracked. This is how cults get started. This is how people get involved with cults and, and get into these belief systems. I, I've, I've encountered it over and over and over. I just encountered it in the last two weeks with a couple longtime listeners. They get locked into these belief systems and pride comes in. And the demons are there to feed their delusion. And there's no talking them out of it. Their mind's made up. Don't confuse them with the facts. Doesn't matter how many unbiblical things they spew out. They know that they're hearing from God. And whenever I hear that, red flags always go up. Because I have never really heard anybody that's ever like I've ever dealt with personally or ever corresponded with over these going all the way back to like my Pentecostal days, you know, like late nineties. I have never really ever been around any so-called Christian or seen these TV prophets and evangelists and where they're always saying, Oh God, God spoke to me and God did this. And he spoke. And there's not a lot of Bible for that in both the older and new. I'm not saying it doesn't happen, but I'm talking about like they're communing with God on a constant basis, a constant almost voice in their head that's guiding them in everything they say. Now, I'm not saying the Holy Spirit can't do that. I'm not saying the Holy Spirit shouldn't be there to do these things. I'm talking about a, like a voice in their head. And I'm not saying God can't operate that way. I'm talking about people that go around 
And they're always consumed with pride. Humility is usually went out the window a long time ago. The, the problem with that is that humility and fear of God is connected with understanding, wisdom, knowledge. So if you're not operating in godly humility toward God and your fellow man, how are you actually hearing from God? How does that work? Humility is like is like the, the one of the most key things to not cut off the connection with God. But people that get into these locked into these cultic belief systems and start following some man or woman online, the Bible says, "Cursed be the man that trusteth in man, and that maketh flesh his arm and his heart departed from the Lord." They always get typically into a pride based mindset because they're like, "Well, I follow this person, and they're hearing from God and." They start almost idolizing them and believing them. And it's this belief system. This guy's on a whole other level. Okay. This dude that made this book. I mean, I can't even. I thought it was a joke. I really did. I thought, and then, and then I, I clicked on a couple of his videos. And I realized, no, this is not a joke. This is not a joke. He's serious. But they don't perceive the differences between Jesus, who is the Son of God, versus Trump, who is the Son of Man. <laughs> I don't, in this book, I don't speak any religion. I it's just a big book, too. I mean, this thing looks like it's 400, 500 pages. I don't know. I mean, it's big. I mean, he really went all out for Satan on this one. So he's not, he, he, let's back that up. I, he's not, what about religion here? I want to hear that again. In this book, I don't speak any religion. I just show you the facts how Trump fulfilled. No religion. I guess that's including Christianity, which would make kind of sense. I mean, because there's no way from a Christian, biblical, rightly dividing the word of truth, which should be out of a King James Bible. There's no way you could do what he's doing. Listen, I've been there early on with like different i mean i the jehovah witnesses tried to uh get me locked in when i when i was like a baby christian and god always pulled me out i mean i went like i said <laughs> lutheran middle school catholic high school you know hyper charismania i mean there's then the hebrew roots movement and then you know hard hardcore independent fundamental uh non 501c3 baptist in I'm not saying there wasn't truth in all of them, but it's the leaven you have to be aware of. A little leaven, which is bad doctrine according to Jesus Christ, leaveneth the whole lump. And I, I really think that in the days and times we're living in, there's more landmines, there's more deception than there's ever been. I tell people, don't follow me. I'm just a man. I can fail you. Compare what I'm saying with Scripture and I mean, the Lord's had me doing this for about 22 years now. Now, granted, I, I was all, as far as the ministry goes, that's been really 2005, 2006 is when that, that started as far as the audio stuff. Uh, but I've never, I've never sought to, to build a following or have people follow me or, I mean, I don't, I, I truly don't desire that. I'm just, I just want people at the end of the day. I want them to be walking in truth. I want them to be saved. I want to do to them as I would want done unto myself. Basically the essence of the golden rule.
there, you know. And it was Jesus Christ said, as men would do unto you, do ye also unto them. More of a King James Version on that one. The golden rule, you know. I was deceived. And I've had, I've read books, and I've, um, I, there's been times in my, as a Christian, I really, they, a lot of false doctrine really started to take um, kind of uh, rattle me. It really did. And again, it's a big reason that I feel compelled to start ContendingForTruth.com because I've been there, done it. Now, this is a whole other level. This is this is so far out in left field. I, I But you, you would expect that. You know, God's the one sending... Now, I'm not blaming God on this, but he said he's going to send strong delusion in 2 Thessalonians chapter 2. You know, that people will believe a lie, and these are people that received not the love of the truth, but had pleasure in unrighteousness. This guy has pleasure in unrighteousness. He has no love for the truth, and anybody that would follow him has no love for the truth. Because they're, they've, they've never cracked a Bible in there. I mean, anybody that's actually trying to go in and look at the Bible and see what... There's no way you could possibly come to this conclusion. Unless you're just constantly jamming a square peg through a round hole. If you have a hammer, everything looks like... If all you have is a hammer, everything looks like a nail. So this is what the, how this guy wrote this book. Under those types of premises. All the scriptures so far as the Son of Man as the Christ, as the son of King David. Um, it's very astonishing when you start studying this. And then you will see, uh, if you take all these combined scriptures about the son of man, and you start breaking it up, what Trump did, what the media spoke about Trump, and so forth, you will see none other than this man, yeah. Mr. Trump. Well, then he would have to be like living in sinless perfection. I think we kind of... You know, the whole thing about all of his sexual perversions and womanizing and, and, you know, far beyond even that and his association with Jeffrey Epstein and Ghislaine Maxwell and how Ghislaine used to come to Mar-a-Lago and recruit the girls that would end up at Epstein's and they would have them doing all the sexual stuff over there. Yeah, I think that might disqualify just that alone, Trump being this, the Christ I mean, he doesn't even, now he doesn't qualify to be the Antichrist either. And again, just keying Donald Trump Antichrist in the keyword search box at contendingfortruth.com, which I think is one of the best at this point. That website um, is one of the best resources on the internet. You know, I was looking up stuff. We're going to talk today about the, uh, the Grieta Treaty. If I can get to it, I don't know if, if we'll get there, but. Um, and I'm not going to go into that, but right now, because that's a whole other subject. So much of the time, if I go to look up like one of these really, really heavy duty subjects, Contending for Truth is coming up in the top of the queries still. And that in and of itself is God's mercy that this website's even going still. Because I've got like over 2,000 separate audios and probably i don't know how many pdfs um i'm sure over a thousand probably i don't know a lot uh in the fact that they're coming up still and in that i haven't been taken out 
is is an absolute miracle from God. 100%. All the witches and warlocks and occultists that have tried to kill us over the years. I mean, praise the Lord Jesus Christ. I can't take credit. I, I thank God for my listeners, for their prayers, um, for their donations to keep us in the game. I just praise the Lord Jesus Christ. Without you, there's this isn't happening. There's no way that unless I had a prayer covering, that unless contendingfortruth.com, um, where we could go on. There's just no way. I was told that real early on in ministry, and I, I it always stuck with me, and I believe that. So I, I just wanted to touch on that, this guy. Um, uh, anyway, let's go further here. I don't want to devote a whole lot more time. I saw this this week. A blasphemous online post reads, Jesus at odds with many Christians on the beginning of life. Oh, really? Really? So this is my comment. So I like to check the website below. And it's skyshipsovercashers.com. Now, what that means is there's this lady named Mary Joyce, and she used to live in Cashers, North Carolina. I actually was there few years ago three or four years ago man time flies a listener had like a uh, timeshare there and they they were like hey if you want to go use it for and i think i went for like mm, i don't know five days and um i used their timeshare um praise the lord it was up in the mountains in north carolina i, I know i live in the foothills but this was way up and cashers is near a place called sapphire really pretty name which is actually where Taylor got dedicated to the Lord at a Baptist church there when she was just like a newborn. Um, I think I found the church too. I, I, it was kind of like my memory wasn't the sharpest, but I'm pretty sure I found the church when I was there. Really pretty place. Um, but a lot of the places up in the mountains... I think that Pisgah Astronomical Center is there, and that's got a big underground base underneath it. That's a front. That's a cover. I've got into that before. All the weird stuff that goes on in the mountains of um, North Carolina. I actually I've stumbled onto the Pisgah place when I was driving with Taylor. We're just when I take trips like that, I'll just drive, drive into the mountains, and wherever we end up, we end up. And um, what was my point here, though? Um, Cashers is a town near there. And it's a very affluent area. I'm sure there's a lot of elitist high-level stuff that goes on there. Very beautiful. Um, really some amazing overlooks. You're near an area there in Transylvania County that has like the more waterfalls than I think any other place in America per like per the county. So Transylvania, I know it's you think of Vlad the Impaler. Um that's the county, I believe, Transylvania. Um, but it's it's a pretty amazing place. But there, there's there been a lot of UFO sightings there. And that's why she calls it Skyships Over Cashers, I believe, because she used to work at a bookstore there. A longtime listener, Janice, she knew her and talked to her. Well, I like to check her site every once in a while. She speaks at, like, UFO conventions. She's not a Christian, okay? Um, she deals with things like underground bases. I actually bought her book and, and read excerpts out of that book now most of it's not from her it's other stuff she's compiled and you can key in underground bases north carolina i read out of that 
book. It's very, very interesting if you want to know more about that. At least it's my current neck of the woods. Paranormal activity, cryptozoological creatures. But, you know, she says that, you know, Bigfoot and fairies, and these are actually good for the most part. And, you know, the stuff. She's deluded. Um, and I've gotten some ideas on where to go and pray from this, from her website. That's why I like to check it periodically. I've had little interaction. I've had a little interaction with her. Mary Joyce over the years, and she's not a Christian though. Um, even so, I was shocked to see one of her latest posts below on her website. I sent her a response, my response listed below as well. So I'm just going to read you what she posted because you may run up against this, this mindset. And it says, I, I posted blasphemous online post reads, Jesus at odds with many Christians on the beginning of life. Okay, so. It says Christians who believe life begins at conception need to take a moment to reflect on this. Jesus was a rabbi. Well, rabbi does mean teacher, but Jesus wasn't like a a rabbi out of like some you know, pharisaical, sadducical whatever school. Obviously he rebuked them, called them serpents and vipers and things of this nature. So Yes, he was referred to as rabbi in the New Testament, but she's acting like he was he was a rabbi of Judaism, and therefore he used the Talmud, as we're going to see in a second here, which he never did. The Talmud wasn't written even at that point. Anyway, Jesus was a rabbi, never broke from Jewish teachings. Uh, again, she's making all of these assumptions about things. Remember how Jesus rebuked the Pharisees and Sadducees because they added to so much? Well, that those would be the Jewish teaching she's more in reference to. They weren't really they weren't following Old Testament Levitical law, right? They had added to it. They had created this burden that nobody could even bear according to what Jesus said. So again, this you read something like this and you have to really like there's so many lies commingled is is the point I'm trying to make. So he never broke from Jewish teachings, which to this day include to this day the teaching that life begins when a newborn inhales its first breath. Where is that in the Bible? Well, it's not. But where is it? Oh, next line. According to the Jewish holy book, it should be heli book, the Talmud. Oh yeah, the Talmud. The thing, the Talmud is a book so blasphemous, the, particularly the Babylonian Talmud, against Jesus Christ that and I posted one of the things it says about Jesus. I'm not going to, I'll read a little bit of it. I'm not going to, if you want to read it, you can. It says the most disgusting things about Jesus Christ that you could ever possibly imagine. Vile, perverted, sexual type things. Because the authors of the Talmud um, were demon-possessed to the toenails, Christ-hating as you could be. Now, I'm not condemning all the Jews. I'm just saying the authors of the Talmud were beyond demon-possessed the toenails and had an absolute total hatred for Jesus Christ like you can't even imagine. So, according to the Jewish heli book, as I would say, the Talmud, the fetus is considered a part considered a physical part of the pregnant individual's body. This sounds really like my body, my choice. Like, yeah, absolutely. You would have, you could easily have rabbis and people that are in Judaism 
right outside of Planned Parenthood, right alongside all the pro-baby-killing crowd. They'd be right in lockstep. As you're going to see, that is 100% the case. Right out of their own mouth, I'm going to read you their own stuff. Um, not yet having life of its own or independent rights. So the mother can slaughter the baby and the woman do anything it wants to it. Right, okay. The fetus is not viewed as separate from the parent's body until birth begins. Now, again, remember, this is a satanic um, interpretation of this. Uh, and and the, it doesn't begin until the first breath of oxygen in the lungs allows the soul to enter the body. Oh, really? Again, where is that anywhere in the Bible? It's not. It's not. You can learn about the Jewish teachings on abortion ad, and they give you a nice PDF. I would, I would encourage you to click on it. It's, it's, it's entitled Judaism and Abortion, right from the, uh, uh, the, um, here, let me just click on it real quick, because I'll, I'll tell you the actual source. It's the National Council of Jewish Women, the, N, the NCJW, Judaism and Abortion. I, I'm not going to read all, I'm going to read a little bit of this. Um, I, I'm going to give my response. Okay, I, I want to really give it right now, but I want to also let them hang themselves a little bit more with their own words. So, from this document, Judaism teaches life does not begin at conception, that abortion is, quote, health care. Doesn't this sound like the most rabid pro-abortion, like, you know, lesbian, LGBTQ, baby-hating people out there? Yeah, well... Aren't they the most representative of what Satan loved? Yeah. Well, I hate to say it, but Judaism, modern-day Judaism, isn't locked up with this stuff. Abortion is health care, and that it's not possible to murder a, quote, fetus, thanks to that blasphemous collection of wicked books known as the Talmud, which is 100% in contradiction so much of the time to, even if they go by, the first five books of the Bible, okay? Or even the Old Testament. It's in total contradiction. But again, it's just like any cult. Mormonism. Okay, you got the Book of Mormon, you got the Pearl of Great Price or whatever. And then you have the, the Bible. Well, and I believe the King James they use. Well, in that case though, wherever the Pearl of Great Price or the Book of Mormon contradict the King James Bible, well, you know what always takes precedence is obviously the Book of Mormon and the Pearl of Great Price. Because those blasphemous books which are satanically inspired obviously are going to usurp and overrule the King James Bible. It's the same thing with any cult that uses the Bible in any capacity. Because something's got to win out where whenever you're going to have contradictions. Something's got to have precedence. Well, it's always the un- biblical extra biblical garbage that they have tied in associated to whatever cult you're in reference to so this is right from their their thing does jewish law state that life begins at conception no life does not begin at conception under jewish law which would be like they're they're referring to judaism sources in the talmud note that the fetus is a is mere water that's such garbage. I mean, as soon as the sperm and the egg unite, I mean, again, that's not water. 
They're maybe tiny, but they're not water. But they say it's mere water. Before 40 days of gestation, says Satan. I added, says Satan, because that's the truth. It's a total lie from the pit of hell. The, the science wouldn't even remotely back this up. Following this period, the fetus is considered a physical part of the pregnant individual's body, not yet having life of its own or independent rights, so I evidently can be annihilated and destroyed. The fetus is not viewed as separate from the parent's body until birth begins, and the first breath of oxygen into the lungs allows the soul to enter the body. What a lie from the pit of hell. Like, they know when the soul enters the body. I believe the soul enters the body at conception, and I believe I'm going to prove that very quickly with the Bible. I just don't want to get too far ahead of myself. Then, does Jewish law assert that it is possible to murder a fetus? No, Jewish law does not consider the fetus to be alive. <laughs> wow. <laughs> yeah, okay. And then, according to Jewish law, is abortion health care? Yes, it is. This is. This is right from the Jewish council or whatever for women my response okay now it is commonly known that the talmud did not start to be written till long after the death burial and resurrection of jesus christ which was 33 a.d which stands for anno domini in the year of our lord but now has been changed to 33 CE, which stands for Common Era. See, they don't want anything to be assert, uh, associated with Jesus Christ. Like BC used to be before Christ. Oh, now it's BCE, before Common Era. Oh, so for like, you know, I don't know, almost 2,000 years, we literally divided time around Jesus Christ, essentially. But the birth of Jesus Christ, essentially. And it was that big of a deal for almost 2,000 years but now in our infinite wisdom we've changed the terms Satan has changed them to CE common era and BC before common era totally satanic this is from a direct quote from when was the Talmud written the Talmud is not a book that was written but a compilation of sources compiled from two main sources over a period of 300 years the first source is the Mishnah the oral law that was written down in the second century CE so the earliest it could have even started to be written was around 100 AD okay essentially according to them According to them. Now, it might have been 130. There's a lot of debate. But there's no way Jesus could have been up there quoting the Talmud, which was the whole premise of what Mary posted there regarding Jesus, you know, what was what was the whole thing? Jesus at odds with many Christians on the beginning of life. No, he's not. Jesus would have never quoted the Talmud. He couldn't have quoted the Talmud. It wasn't written yet. Not to say he doesn't know the future, but I'm just saying he wouldn't have done that. He would have rebuked it, yeah, but never quoted it. He would have exposed it, but never quoted it. I mean, maybe to expose it he would have, but you know. Um, the first source, the Mishnah, the Oral Law was written down 2nd century CE. The other part, the Jamora, is the 
that is the commentary discussion case studies etc related to the mishnah and that was compiled from the second century ce to the fifth century ce okay so my comment is so there's no way as you have portrayed him in this picture because it has this caricature of jesus reading out of the supposed talmud he would have been reading out of the old testament that did happen in new testament scriptures you know where he were there were times that he went and, and read out of the old testament or he would quote from the old testament obviously he would have never done it with a talmud though so there's no way jesus as you haven't portrayed in this picture would be reading out of the talmud as it was not even written at the time and the talmud such as evil such evil blasphemous things about jesus christ see below he would have and i'll i'll read you some of them he would have never read it if it was around but rather condemned it Read some of the most evil verses from the Talmud yourself here. So here, I'm, I'm, now this is mature, horrible content. So I'm warning you right now. Mature, horrible. You don't probably want to have kids in the room. This is this is Judaism. This is what, and this isn't even talking about the Kabbalah, which is the highest level of practicing of like Judaistic witchcraft. Now, again, I'm not throwing the Jews out with the bathwater. I'm not doing that. Okay, I've done whole studies on that God is not done with the Jews. I'm actually going to give give you some of those verses later. I've done that many times. I have a balanced approach to this whole thing. Okay? I try to have a biblically balanced approach when it comes to this subject. I'm not throwing the baby out of the bathwater. I'm not throwing all Jews under the bus. I'm not saying God's done with the Jews. But this is, these are some verses from the Talmud. Okay? And I'm not going to make apologies for them either. Okay? Sanhedrin. 55b says a Jew may marry a three-year-old girl, specifically three years, three years and a day old. That day really matters. So you can marry the girl, and that, well, obviously, what does that imply? You know, um, a Jew may have sex with a child as long as the child is less than nine years old. Now, I believe that that means he can have sex with her as long as she's below nine. But if you marry her, she can be three years old in the day and you can have sex. I mean, I think that's what's implied here, clearly. This sounds very, very much like Islam. I mean, Muhammad, you know, his favorite bride was Aisha, which is the the the, the prophet that they all revere, the demon-possessed devil, Muhammad. And his favorite bride of all his wives, his little harem, was Aisha. And she was, I believe, six when he married her, but supposedly he was merciful and he didn't, he supposedly didn't have sex with her until she was nine. Right, yeah. Okay, so this is very, very uh, reminiscent and indicative of very similar belief systems of Islam that I've went over, over and over. Uh, then this next one from the Talmud, Kethu Both. 11b this is like their book and chapter and verse i guess quote when a grown-up man has intercourse with a little girl it is nothing but see it's so reminiscent of like remember i've taught told you all about like the look up dancing boys of afghanistan and um the chai tea boys of um pakistan and these types of things and when they would interview these demon possessed the toenail muslims that you know sex with goats and donkeys and stuff i mean i've I went over those things over and over I and mean, it's not but one of the one of their main things they love is little boys and dressing them up like little girls and the dancing boys of afghanistan and when 
they would go to be entered like when military was there our military and they would see this and they would they would bring these guys in and they would ask them about it they would get this incredulous look on their face like these these child little boy rape when they, they they would interview the taxi drivers and they're like yeah when i when i went on break and i was I, after I had my lunch, I went and I, I, there was all these homeless boys running around on the streets there because of the, the horrible family dynamic that I'm sure you could see why there'd be horrible family dynamics in, in an environment like this and why these, why these places are so third world, you know, because when you have that kind of barbaric, evil, wicked, perverted behavior going on as some kind of norm in society, don't expect the, you know, to have, you know, society to be anything but third world. They're savages. And they'd be like, yeah, we stop. I would stop and rape a, two or three b little boys on my break or whatever. It's nothing. It's not. And they, and they would interview these guys. Our military would be over there and they'd bring them in there. They would ask like, even like the local law enforcement, like, why are you letting this go on? And, and they get these incredulous looks on their face and, and like, why are you even questioning me about this? These are, these little boys, we can rape them. We can do whatever we want to them. We can make them our slaves. We can dress them up like little girls and make them dance around like they're in a little harem and, and, and buy them for the night or buy them for the week or maybe buy them permanently. And there are Chai Tea boys and we can rape them and do whatever we want to them. Dancing boys of Afghanistan. And it's like, it reminds me of these verses. It's such a similar satanic mindset. Talk about having your mind darkened where you think this is no big deal but yet it's part of their culture and their society and they get incredulous when you even bring it up yebamoff 11b sexual intercourse with a little girl is permitted if she is three years of age oh they didn't say the three years in one day huh so i don't know anyway er or you been 21b whoever disobeys the rabbis deserves death now these are the same rabbis that say you can marry a three-year-old and or you know you can have sex with a three-year-old or these times these are the same rabbis that they're talking about here that sanction child molestation rape and murder as we're going to see and every other wicked thing you could possibly conceive I mean, it, you know, I'm not making this stuff up. This is straight from them. I'm not going to apologize for it. Whoever disobeys the rabbis deserves death and will be punished by being boiled in hot excrement in hell like feces or dung if you disobey a rabbi. And I guarantee you all the things that they follow, they're going to get to experience in hellfire, in spades. Because he who shows no mercy shall obtain no mercy. And this is a merciless death cult. Now, I'm not, I'm not throwing all Jews under the bus. I'm just saying. From what I've read, a gigantic swath of Jews don't even really, if they're, if they're into Judaism, it's like light, and a lot of them don't even practice it. Or, or They're godless, most of them. And the Bible says blindness in part has happened to Israel when until the fullness of the Gentiles come in. When the emphasis went over to the Gentiles in the New Testament, and there was a specific time that happened, then 
that was the time of the Gentiles. And, and more of the emphasis on salvation and soul winningness went to the Gentiles because the Jews collectively, for the most part, had rejected Jesus. I don't think there's debate on that. You know? Um, doesn't mean God's done with the Jews, though, either. I'm going to try to get into some of those verses as well. Baba Miza, 114 A and B. Only Jews are human. Only ye are the designated men. Hmm, okay, so everyone else other than a Jew is not even human. Sanhedrin 57a. A Jew need not pay a Gentile. The wages owed him for work. So you can have zero integrity to anybody who's not a Jew. In that need. Sanhedrin 57a. Um... Oh, that was the same one. Uh, when a Jew, no, I'm sorry. When a Jew murders, when a Jew murders a Gentile, or also called a Kahian, there will be no death penalty. What a Jew steals from a Gentile, he may keep. <laughs> hey, what a set of righteous, right down the line laws, you know, really based in righteousness. Anybody with half a brain reading this stuff should be able to figure out that this is wicked. I, you'd think. I mean, I'm just saying. Come on. Really? Baba, comma, 113a. Jews may use lies and subterfuges to circ circumvent a Gentile. Yebamoth, 98a. All Gentile children are animals. Abadoa, Zara, 36b. Gentile girls are in a state of nidda, which means filth from birth. That's why you can rape them, do whatever you want to them, kill them if you want. They're in a state of filth. But the but the, the Jews are, are in a state of purity, obviously. Obviously, they're so pure. Uh, Abadah Zara 22A and B. Gentiles prefer sex with cows. Yeah. Then Sanhedrin 90A. Those who read the New Testament, um, they're, they refer to them as unkaniacal books. They're not part of the canon will have no portion in the world to come. So if you just read the New Testament, you have no portion in the world to come. Oh, oh it gets gets better. Shabbat, 116a. Jews must destroy the books of the Christians, i.e. the New Testament. Oh, wow. I wonder why Satan would be so zeroed in on the teachings of Jesus Christ in the New Testament. Because it's truth, obviously. And they don't want you to be exposed to any truth. Sanhedrin, 59a murdering a goyim which is like uh, a non non-jew murdering a goyim is like killing a wild animal that's oh, okay it's, you know abadah zara 26b even the best of gentiles should be killed sanhedrin 59a goy gentile who pries into the talmud into the law of the talmud is guilty of death so see, what I'm doing, I'm making myself guilty of death just by me prying into their satanic, blasphemous books. Whatever. Libri, David, 37, quote, to communicate anything with a goy or a, like a non-Jew, a Gentile, about our religious relations would be equal to killing of all Jews. Oh. I, I can see why you wouldn't want to communicate anything with these types of verses. <laughs> I can see why you'd say that, devil. For if the Goyim knew what we teach about them, which is what I just told you, they would kill us openly. 
Well said. I mean, you deserve death. Anybody that goes by this types of and lives their life by this, you do deserve death. I'm not saying I'm going to go out and kill you. I'm just saying you do, you do deserve death if this is what you believe and what you practice. And if I did believed and practiced this, I would deserve death. I'm not holding them to a higher accountability than I would hold myself. Now, this last one, I'm going to basically truncate it a little bit. And it's, it's one of the most there's a lot of horrible things to say about Jesus. This is just one of them. This is one. I'm only going to go one verse and I'm not even going to say the whole verse, but get in 57a. Jesus is in hell and is being punished by being boiled in. And I'm not going to say that Christians are boiled in dung. Yeah, that's what they believe. Here's a quote from Maurice Samuel um taken from his book you gentiles page 155 a jew he says we jews we are the destroyers and we will remain the destroyers nothing you can do will meet our demands and needs why because they're demon possessed vessels of satan now these are the ones these are the high level religious practicing talmudic kabbalistic luciferian jews at the top of the food chain but who's who's above them well Who's animating them? Devils and demons. Remember, we battle not against flesh and blood. So we can sit here and wring our hands and blame the Jews for everything. Okay, well, what about the Vatican? Well, what about the Illuminati? Well, the Illuminati is mostly Jewish bloodline. Well, you've got a point there. But there's so many other factions of Satan's kingdom. But a lot of times people just want to get zeroed in on the Jews. Or they want to get zeroed in on the Vatican or on the Pope or on the Freemasons. Or pick your show. Who's at the top of the food chain, though? controlling all the, the strings satan he wants you to focus on the people we battle not against flesh and blood though the bible says now, but typically though flesh and blood is what animates these devils and demons possessing these people or if they're people at all maybe they're non-human entities posing as people nephilim type things and they're the ones that carry out Satan's orders. But we always have to remember who our true enemy, our true, the true battle is with. Satan, his fallen angels, his demons and devils. Okay. Uh, it says, we will forever destroy because we want a world of our own. They want to have all the goyim off the world eliminated. And it's not never going to happen. Biblically speaking, it's not going to happen. They're going to rage and do whatever they want. And um, I've got into this subject before you know but it's it's just important to have balance when it comes to the subject the, here's another verse from the the talmud sakaboth hog 6b jews may swear falsely by sub by the use of sub subterfuge wording muslim have have a very similar thing it's, it's called takira we can lie to the to the non-believers of islam who they call infidels which would be a jew that would be their main enemy or any other non-believer in Islam. And we can lie to them in, uh, in order to advance the cause of Islam. We can use subterfuge and anything goes. Then Zohar, 1060a, meaning the first part of the verse, Jews must always try to deceive Christians. So understand that. If you're dealing with a religious Jew, understand this is their playbook. This is how they view you. I'm not saying all, but I'm saying that if they're following, if they're being good followers of Judaism and the Talmud and the Kabbalah, this is how they view you. 
And Christians are definitely, you know, really in the crosshairs there. So this is another thing I had said to Mary that, that put this blasphemous post about Jesus up. And I said, Mary, I said, it's ironic that the Old Testament clearly states what is said below. The first book mentioned is Genesis. I'm going to read that to you, which is the first book of the Torah, because she was making this big point about this is the Torah and the first five books of the Bible and stuff like this. And the Bible teaches life begins at birth. The Bible shows life begins at conception. The professor, uh, Paul Fowler, declared in a 1984 book, Abortion Toward an Evangelical Consensus. In that book, it's quoted, In the Genesis narratives alone, the phrase conceived and bore is found, like bore, like they bore a baby, B-O-R-E, is found 11 times. Conceive and bore is, bound, is found 11 times. The close pairing of the two words clearly emphasizes conception, not birth, as the starting point. That's all I would need. That's all I need. She, she gave me some obscure verse about, in, in like the Old Testament, about if, two guys get in a fight if two men are striving and basically a woman who's pregnant gets in the middle of them and she loses her child she she gave me that verse i was gonna even go into it i did i, I responded to her about it but i'm like this is so this is su such a stretch when it's clearly established in the old testament that life begins at conception i'm not even gonna muddy the waters with this ridiculous verse you brought up about a woman losing a pregnant woman losing her child. And I said, it actually proves the opposite if you actually look at it closely. But when demons guide you, they're going to they're gonna guide you to lies. And she wanted to see whatever she wanted to see. And couldn't refute anything I sent her. Not one thing. Um, anyway. Um, so again, let me, let me just emphasize that i'm going to read this one more time in the genesis narratives alone the phrase conceived and bore is found 11 times the close pairing of the two words clearly emphasizes conception not birth as the starting point of life okay now bible verses related to conception now there's more but these are two of the big ones god speaking to jeremiah the prophet okay god speaking to him directly he says god said to him before i formed thee in the belly, I knew thee, and before thou camest forth out of the womb, I sanctified thee and ordained thee a prophet unto the nations. If he knows us before we're formed in our mother's belly, and that would begin, then, then life begins at conception. He knows us before that. So the soul doesn't go into us like when we take our first breath, like they're, like they're nebulous garbage, satanic garbage. Uh, that's how they justify abortion. Well, the soul doesn't go in until the baby takes the first breath. Oh, wow. How convenient that is. It's not anywhere in the Bible. It's in your satanic Talmud, though. <laughs> yeah, like I'm going to believe that. It's all the more reason to view it as a lie. If that's what you're operating off, I'll stick with the Bible. You can stick with your satanically inspired Babylonian Talmud or whatever. There, Psalm 139. For thou hast possessed my reins, thou hast covered me in my mother's womb. So there, here's here's a um a thing. This is a little uh, table of contents from I. And I think it might be that book, you Gentiles. Or it's some book, 
and it's it's entitled precepts of the talmud concerning christians this is the table of contents christians are to be avoided page 60 christians unworthy to associate with jews page 60 uh christians are unclean page 62 christians are idolaters page 63 christians are evil page 65 then chapter 2 christians are to be exterminated page 68 christians to be harmed indirectly 68 um by not helping them by interfering with their work by deceit of illegal matters by harming them in things necessary for life and these are all different pages they're listing then christians to be harmed directly um evidently renegade christians to be killed um apostates princes uh, princes especially the prince of rome i guess they'd be going after catholics all christians to be killed that's page 82 killing a christian is acceptable sacrifice to god you mean your god satan page 82 heaven promised to those who kill christians i mean this is this is the kind of sick garbage they operate in but from from those verses in the talmud i mean if they believe that i mean you know come on is there anything you wouldn't put past them again i'm not throwing all jews under the bus a lot of jews don't even know the, the full extent of what we're talking about here but if you're practicing fundamental judaism this should be known to you um heaven promised to those who killed christians well yeah no it's hell but anyway um i'm not saying you couldn't get saved i mean look at what saul of tarsus did and then became paul he was persecuting and you know you know trying to kill the christians and everything so and he became you know one of the best christians ever so uh heaven promised to those who kill christians a christian may be beheaded on the most solemn festivals oh wow okay so that's like a celebration beheading of christians uh let's see jewish prayers against christians they have literal prayers against christians and anyway so that's what we have there so what does the bible say about the jews or any other race being better than another because some people get really some christians get really hung up on this they're like it doesn't matter i'm mad because the jews are god's chosen people and i'm mad at god over that I'm like really really you just never know what's going to get under somebody's skin okay let's just look at some bible what does god say about that in the new testament that we're in, in the new testament dispensation we're in okay um galatians 3 26 through 29 for you're all children of god by faith in christ jesus for as many of you have been baptized into christ have put on christ there is neither jew nor greek does it say anything about jews being jews being better no it says there's neither jew nor greek there's neither bond nor free there's neither male nor female for you're all one in christ jesus praise the lord jesus christ that should be all you need to know to know there's not any kind of like jewish preeminence and, and like the john hagee types that go up there and claim jews don't need to get saved because they're saved by the blood that runs through their vein it's a, it's a concept it's an unbiblical satanic concept called ethnic salvation we don't need to admit witness to the jews and and um they're saved just by their blood oh really show me that in the bible i've done whole teachings on this it's called ethnic salvation Key and John Hagee, blasphemous devil from the pit of hell. Anybody that would teach that. 
going further with that verse so it says for you're all one in christ and if ye be christ then ye are abraham's seed the father of the jewish races the israelites okay it says if ye be christ then you're abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise well there you go we're all on equal footing now gentiles and jews it sounds like to me Colossians 3, verse 1 and verse 11. If ye be then risen with Christ, seek those things which are above, where Christ sitteth on the right hand of God, where there is neither Greek nor Jew, circumcision or uncircumcision, meaning Jew or non-Jew, barbarian, Scythian, bond or free, but Christ is all and in all. Now, um, before I say the next verse, let's do a definition. Webster's 1828 Dictionary, which more closely defines the words of the King James Bible, um, more in the time period they were written, okay? Because words, meaning of words changes over time. Concision, the word concision, which literally means a cutting off. Hence, in scripture, the Jews or those who adhered to circumcision, which after our Savior's death was no longer a seal of the covenant, but a mere cutting of the flesh. Okay, so Paul said in Philippians verse uh, chapter 3, verses 2 through 8, beware of dogs. This is what Paul, okay, a Jew's Jew, okay, he gave his whole lineage there, okay. If anybody had a right to brag about being a Jew it was or an Israelite, it was Paul. Paul said, beware of dogs, beware of evil workers, beware of the concision, Okay. Remember, the Jews who know, who are those who adhere to circumcision, um, you know, basically that's one of the ways you got to get saved in their mindset. Okay. One of the many workspace things you had to do. For we are the circumcision, which worship God in spirit and rejoice in Christ Jesus and have no confidence in the flesh. Meaning, just because I got circumcised as a male doesn't mean I'm going to have confidence in that for me to enter into the kingdom of heaven. That's having confidence in the flesh. Remember, you're saved by grace through faith and that not of yourself. It is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. That's how you're saved, through the Lord Jesus Christ. Death, burial, and resurrection, the belief on that. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth on him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. Okay, continuing more. We have no confidence in the flesh, though I might also have confidence in the flesh. If any man thinketh that he hath whereof, that he might trust in the flesh, I more circumcised the eighth day of the stock of Israel, of the tribe of Benjamin, and Hebrew of the Hebrews, as touching the law, a Pharisee, concerning zeal, persecuting the church. Well, remember what we just said before, you know, that was one of the things they were really wanting to do is persecute the church because it was a threat to judaism at the time even though he didn't even have the talmud back then it was a threat to judaism persecuting the church touching the righteousness which is in the law blameless but what things were gained to me those i counted loss for christ yea doubtless i count all things but loss for the excellency of the knowledge of christ jesus my lord for of whom i have suffered the loss of all things and do count them but dung which i may that i may win christ okay end of quote so 
Then we have Romans 11, verses 25 through 28. For I would not, brethren, that ye should be ignorant of this mystery, lest ye should be wise in your own conceits, that blindness in part is happened to Israel until the fullness of the Gentiles come in. Okay, so this is one of the reasons, the, the main reason they are so blind. Okay, it's because of blindness in part is happened to Israel until the full, fullness of the Gentiles come in. And so all Israel shall be saved as as. as as it is written now when does that actually happen near the end of the tribulation in zechariah like zechariah 12 or 13 where it says one third um two thirds are going to die of israel but one third is going to come through the fire they're going to be tried as silver okay god purge out the dross and the silver and then they're going to have their eyes opened collectively the one third of israel that's left according to zechariah and they're going to look upon the one whom they have pierced, meaning Jesus Christ, and they're going to mourn for him as one that mourns for their only begotten son. There's going to come a day in time that happens. And I, I, I'm assuming that that's the end of the times of the Gentiles when that basically happens, when they finally get their collective eyes opened. But two thirds of them are going to die. You know, not a good thing. But one third will be saved. And at that, that point, that will be all Israel will be saved. It's going to be through a lot of trauma and a lot of death, unfortunately, two-thirds. But it, it is going to happen. And this is why I'm like I'm never of the crowd. Oh, God's done with the Jews and replacement theology like gold Chuck Baldwin teaches. Preterism, how they justify it. I've done a whole teaching on that. Chuck Baldwin, preterism. I mean, man, replacement theology, that is so dangerous and so unbiblical. There's so many things you cannot reconcile like in Revelation or Daniel anymore or whatever. Oh, it all happened at 70 AD or whatever. All the stuff in Revelation. Really? Wow. I can see how you could make a case for some things. Maybe it's a stretch, but there's too many other things that don't add up. There's too many other things that just have don't make sense at all biblically. And again, I did a whole study on that recently. You can key those search terms in um and uh it, it says and so all israel shall be saved as it is written there shall come out of sion a deliverer um and in that term the sign means jerusalem and shall turn away in godliness from jacob for this is my covenant unto them when i shall take away their sins as concerning the gospel they are enemies for your sakes but as touching the election they are beloved for the father's sakes now, I'm not saying there's no Jews right now walking the planet that, that aren't saved. There's there's always a remnant, you know. But I'm talking about from more of a, uh, a larger number, that one-third that's going to get saved near the, probably near the end of the tribulation is the way it looks in Zechariah. And what this is in reference to, that's going to be, you know, obviously millions. Now, so then let's go a little bit further because I've covered all this other. Is God done with the Jews? The answer is no. Let's look at some of these verses. I, Romans 11, 11. Uh, I say then, have they stumbled? Have they stumbled that they should fall? The they they're in reference to here are the Jews, the unbelieving Jews, the unbelieving Israelites. Some people don't like when you use the term Jews. Well, okay, the unbelieving Israelites. So have they stumbled 
that they should fall. God forbid. And these people that want to go and just throw the Jews under the bus, you got your extremes. You got your John Hagees who believe in ethnic salvation. Jews can do no wrong. And all these Christians that, you know, will give money to Israel and no matter what wicked nefarious thing that they're behind, and there's a lot of wicked, evil, nefarious stuff their government is behind, obviously. I pointed that in the past. Doesn't mean the Muslims are angels either. <laughs> Again, I don't, I don't give either side a pass. I don't. Um, but it's like you've got that crowd where Israel can do no wrong. Give all your money to them. They don't need to get saved. Like, And then you've got the other side of the coin where you've got these Christians. They call themselves Christians. And they're like, oh, the Holocaust never happened. And no Jews really. There was like 10 Jews that died. And the, um, all this other stuff. And, and I mean, they hate the Jews with this vehement hatred. And I, I kind of understand, like when you read the quotes that we read above, I, I understand how you could, how that could creep in. But remember, God's not done with the Jews. And remember, that's not biblical to be going around vehemently. I mean, yes, the fear of the Lord is to hate evil. I get it. But you shouldn't hate whole races of people just because of something you're perceiving. Remember, like I said, not all people that are in islam are you know going out there and raping children and, and these types of things and, and it's the same with judaism and they're not all goyim hating whatever the bible says if we don't show mercy we're not going to obtain mercy is really the bottom line on this whole thing okay um so let's go further here have they stumbled meaning the jews that they should fall, God forbid, but rather through their fall, meaning the fall of the Israelites, salvation has come to the Gentiles. Yeah, well, is, doesn't that kind of line up with that last verse I just read, that blindness and part has happened to Israel until the fullness of the Gentiles come in? Yeah. There was a time in the New Testament when, you know, the emphasis shifted to the Gentiles. But rather through their fall, salvation has come unto the Gentiles for to provoke them to jealousy. Verse 13, for I speak to you Gentiles inasmuch as I am the apostle of the Gentiles, I magnify mine office. If by any means I may provoke to emulation them which are my flesh, meaning the Israelites, because he was a, a uh, Israelite, and might save some of them. For if the casting away of them, meaning the Israelites, be the reconciling of the world, essentially the Gentile races, what shall the receiving of them be but life from the dead? For if the first fruit be holy, the lump is also holy, and if the root be holy, so are the branches. And if some of the branches be broken off, now these are the Israelite branches that were broken off, and thou, being a wild olive tree, were grafted in among them. Meaning these are the Gentiles that were grafted into the, to the, basically like when Jesus says, I'm the vine and you're the branches. Without me, you can do nothing. Abide in me. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, you know. That's why it's so important to read the Bible. Because that's how we stay connected to the true vine. One of the ways. I don't think it's the only exact, but if his words abide in you and you got to read the bible listen to it and you know there's other ways you can 
communion with the Lord. But we're like, if you're a Gentile, listen to this. You're, the Bible says you're a wild olive tree grafted into the true vine of Jesus Christ. But some of the branches, meaning the unbelieving Jews, were broken off. So if some of the branches be broken off, and thou, being a wild olive tree, were grafted in among them, and with and with them partakest of the root and fatness of the olive tree. So now you're partaking of the true vine, the Lord Jesus Christ. But it says, boast not against the branches, meaning the true branches. You're, you're a wild olive tree grafted in. But we're not supposed to boast against the true branches that were broken off, which were the unbelieving Israelites. But if thou boast, thou bearest not the root, but the root thee. Meaning you shouldn't be boasting against like these people that go the British Israelism or the replacement theology or the, these, the preterist people. Well, bless God, or the black Hebrew Israelites. This is a great example. <laughs> well, God's done with this. You know how many times I've heard this? God's done with Israel. And I'm grafted in now and and, and there and I'm boasting I'm 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 a true born again or if you're Hebrew Israelites, you know, all that stuff with black Hebrew or British Israelism. All of that is boasting against the branches. And it says, if you boast, thou bearest not the root. Meaning, you know, that's not something you want to do. You should be thankful that you got saved. But you don't go and, and vilify and hate all the Jews. It's If all I gave you was one side of this, it would be easy to do that. But I'm trying to give you the balance here, okay? Remember, they're blinded, okay? Why? Well, I think the primary reason is, obviously, they rejected the Lord Jesus Christ. And I think the Bible bears that out easily. When they said to Pilate, he offered him Barabbas, the murderer. When they said to Pilate, no, 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 no. We don't want Barabbas. We want the murderer to go free. Kill Jesus. Give us Jesus and let his blood be upon us and our children. They collectively asked for the biggest curse they could have ever asked for. They did it. Okay? The Bible's very clear. They did do that. Now, granted, the, the apostles were Jewish. So it wasn't everybody. It wasn't the believing Jews. It wasn't the ones that started the first churches. They weren't of that ilk. But I'm saying... More as a nation that happened. And again, that's why blindness fell on Israel. Because they rejected their Savior. He fulfilled all these scriptures to a perfect T. But he was such a threat to the Pharisees and Sadducees. And they didn't like the way. They didn't perceive the way he came in. They didn't like it. And he was a threat to them. So they vilified him. And they turned, you know, turned as many people as they could against him. So that they wouldn't get saved. Because they were of the father of the devil and of his loss and of his works they were doing. The Pharisees and Sadducees. So, going further. Boast not against the branches, but if thou boast, thou bearest not the root, but the root thee. Thou will say then the branches, the, this, okay, so this is the pride. This is the, this is the replacement theology pride. This is the British Israelism pride. This is the black Hebrew Israelite pride. The branches were broken off that I might be grafted in. <laughs> My word! Meaning the Jews, this all happened to the Jews that I might 
be grasped. Remember, the Bible says about Jesus, he came to his own and his own received him not. John 1, John chapter 1, his own were the Israelites because that's the bloodline he came through. Can you imagine? But that's what they, that's what they say. These ones that go around, God's down the Jews. The branches are broken off that I might be grafted in. Look how it's all rooted in pride. It's not good, guys. This is the opposite of humility. And I, and I hate to say this, but I've never heard a preacher do a preaching like what I'm giving you. I've never heard it done in a balanced way. Ever. Luther Middle School, Catholic High School, Pentecostal, the charismatic churches for years, um, independent fundamental King James only, unincorporated Baptist, and then just regular Baptist. I never heard a sermon like this. It was typically either one way or another, like really, really, really heavily, like we're so pro-Jewish, we're not going to say anything, or really maybe the opposite. Not so much the opposite in the churches I was at. Most of it was all super, super pro-Israel. But what I noticed is there was no balance when it came to this subject. And again, big one of the many teachings and I've done in the past years i don't think it's because i'm any whatever i never went to seminary or any of that i just believe the lord showed me this and it's right in the bible it's not like you know all i all i did is let the holy spirit lead me and these verses speak for themselves you know then the next verse well because of unbelief they were broken off so check your pride because of the israelite unbelief they were broken off the branches were. And thou standest, standest by faith, faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. You say by grace, you know, you say by faith through grace, or I'm sorry, you say by grace through faith and that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. Faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Got to hear the word of God in order to get saved. Faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. And without faith, it is impossible to please God. It's also impossible to get saved without faith. Thou standest by faith. Be not high-minded, but fear. Don't get full of pride. Fear God. I mean, why? For if God spared not the natural branches... Take heed, lest he also spare not thee. Behold, therefore, the goodness and severity of God. Remember, I've said that before about goodness and severity. There's two sides to God. I mean, I'm not saying there's not tons of more sides, but in this particular context, it's the goodness and the severity of God. On them which fell severity, which were the natural branches that were broken off because of unbelief, the unbelieving Israelites, but toward thee, goodness, if thou continue in his goodness, otherwise thou shalt also be cut off. Oh. The Bible says, they that endure to the end, the same shall be saved. This is part of enduring to the end. And I really believe part of enduring to the end is operating and walking in truth. Having a love for the truth. No matter how hard the truth may be. Now, there's another verse I inserted in here, John 1.10. He, meaning Jesus, was in the world, and the world was made by him, and the world knew him not. 
He came unto his own, meaning the, the Israelites, and his own received him not. That's verse John, um, 1 John 11. But as many as received him, he gave to them, to them he gave power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name. What's that all about? Well, that's faith, which is what we stand on. Faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, which were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. So you're not going to trust in the flesh. You're not going to trust that I'm Jew. I'm a Jew, so I'm saved or whatever. Not the will of the flesh, nor the will of man, but of God. Okay, so um, then verse 23 of Romans, I'm going back to Romans 11, verse 23. And they also, if they abide not still in unbelief, meaning the unbelieving Jews, shall be grafted in. For God is able to graft them in again. You see why we're not to boast against? <laughs> we're also not to elevate them to some special status like so many Christians do. Just don't get it. For if thou were cut off out of the olive tree, which is wild by nature, meaning they're talking to the Gentiles now again. If thou were cut out of the olive tree, which is wild by nature, and these were grafted in to, to nature unto a good olive tree, how... How much more shall these, which were the natural branches, meaning the original Israelites, be grafted into their own olive tree? Now, the teaching that I did um, is called, I just did it um, in, man, man, time flies. Whew, over a year ago, Emergency Freedom Alerts 524-21, part two. And in that, part of what I covered is warning Chuck Baldwin now teaches replacement theology and preterism and he does not believe in a regathered Israel because you really can if you're teaching that I really didn't even fully understand that until I started researching what replacement theology encompasses when you combine it with preterism it's wow it's wow I go into it there though I would not I would not trust Chuck Baldwin I would not follow him I would not glean from him nothing and then I've had people say, yeah, but I've been following him a long time. And he's a good preacher. And I'm, I'm like, why would you want to follow a preacher that has so much leaven in their doctrine and so obviously is not hearing from God on some major whopper points? I don't want anything to do with that, personally. Because remember, of whom a man has overcome, the same he has brought into bondage. Start excusing that type of heresy and, you know, Pretty soon you're believing that heresy. That's how it works. It's happened to me before. So again, I'm not holding anyone else to a higher accountability than I would hold myself. I mean, I, I've been ensnared in this kind of stuff before. The heresy of replacement theology and supersessionism. That's, these are topics I covered. Bible study. Is God done with the Jews? We just covered that actually. Then Chuck Baldwin is a false teacher. Bible says, mark them which cause division and offenses contrary to the doctrine which you have learned and avoid them. For they that are such serve not our Lord Jesus Christ, but their own belly. And by good words and fair speeches deceive the hearts of the simple. Romans, I believe, 16, verse 17 and 18. We're to avoid them. We're to mark them. What I'm doing is not unbiblical, especially when it's right out of his own mouth. I'm supposed to do this as a watchman. Doesn't mean I think I'm better or I'm so whatever. Just saying. 
I don't want people to get ensnared in that garbage. Then the next study I cover, uh, predators, preterism debunked and warning. So, okay, so let's, we're just going to switch gears briefly here. I, I saw this the other day and it was just unreal. Um, it says macho movie star Brad Pitt working the red carpet whilst wearing a pink shirt over a demure brown woman's skirt. He's wearing a skirt. Brad Pitt going from being the ultimate macho man in Fight Club to sashaying down the red carpet wearing a woman's skirt is a long, long way to fall. And that's exactly what's happening to America right now. Now, it's a it's a commonly known thing in Hollywood that if you're to get to any kind of these levels, now the women have to have sex with all the directors and be defiled in every possible way you can imagine, most of them, I would imagine. I mean, maybe some of them, but I, I would imagine most of the A-listers have to do this. Um, the men have to have sex with other guys and have to have the their you know directors rape them and be defiled and belittled and i, I it's very prevalent in the rap industry where, where the black rap, and this is one of the reasons why they they tap themselves up and try to make themselves look so macho i've heard um in the with the black rappers is because they've been so defiled and so um uh demeaned and emasculated by being sodomized these are guys that weren't like, they weren't, that wasn't of their, but anything to get fame and power, that was what they, from what I've heard, that that's one of the main gateways. Now, there's been a whole bunch of black um, guys that have done videos on this, on, it's well known in the, now, I'm not saying it's not prevalent in the rock industry or whatever, but I've heard whole videos on it, what goes on in the rap circles as well. Um, and this is all part of the game you have to play. And, and, or also, one of the things that's very, very common is if you're going to go anywhere in Hollywood, you've got to play, you've got to do these effeminate things like Tom Hanks playing with that show Tootsie where he was a woman or Mrs. Doubtfire with um, Robin Williams. And it, it's over and over and over. I'm, I'm Will Smith has done stuff, I'm pretty I mean... Anybody that gets to that level, they have to be demeaned. And this is just part and parcel of that. It's part of the whole ritual. If you want to stay where you're at. The Roman Empire once ruled the world until they openly embraced the LGBTQ movement of their day and fell to the ground with a deafening thud. Same for the Greek Empire that also ruled the world. Right up to the moment that society openly embraced what God destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah for. Today in 2022, America rules the world stage with the greatest military and strongest economy. And of course, I don't know about that anymore. But And we are now embracing what brought down the Romans and the Greeks. So, yeah, that doesn't bode well for America. Um, all right, let me... Ooh, I can't do this. Okay, I'm going to have to stop here, I think. Okay, I just rearranged the, my study a little bit so I can get another section in here. Um, this was a listener question I just got the other day. And basically, listener question, I was wondering if you can get a demon from a Ouija board. Now, I've talked about that so many times, but okay, we'll cover it again. What about tarot cards, or the occultists refer them as tarot cards, and my response. So she says, when I was about 11, a neighbor insisted I use the board with her, meaning the Ouija board. Uh, and when... I, 
also in my late 20s, I took a tarot, a tarot class and we were told to read each other's cards. The woman who read my cards said she didn't see any men and that she didn't see marriage. Okay. So again, this is so dangerous. This divination stuff. Then the psychic who did a quick reading for all of us, she said there was a breakup. At the time, I did break up with my boyfriend. I, I don't know if this is the cause, but I have not been in a long-term relationship since then. Okay, now I don't know how many years later this is, but yeah, that's not good. Because see, you can literally go in there and who knows the price you actually have to pay, you know, for doing this. Uh, maybe because of the readings, I was cursed by them. Is there anything I can do? Well, I've said this before. I went to one of these readings one time with my mom. She was in all the, not not like super, super heavy, but she was major into yoga and the new age. And that was how I was brought up. And I went to one of these readings once. And I was in Cape Corals, right off Del Prado, this little, little office building. And we go in there and uh, we're sitting in this room and had all these chairs, probably about, I don't know, 30 or 40 chairs, quite a few people. It was, and there was a lot of people there. I mean, it was, it was a pretty good amount of people. And this woman, they turn all the lights out and all of a sudden she starts doing this reading and she starts going around the room, person to person, row by row, and basically reading their mail, meaning telling them something about themselves that there's no way she could know. From what I was seeing, she was getting it right. She gets to my mom and she says, she says, yes, she says something to the effect of, you had a miscarriage before your son was born. I'm sitting right next to her. And she's shaking her head, yes. Year, it was a year before. And I forget what else she said, but I was in absolute shock. Because, I mean, it was like she thought she was going to have that baby. I found out. I think the lady might have even said that. She thought she was going to have that. In fact, that might have been, I think it was my brother. And that was more planned. I don't think I was planned. And everything the woman was telling her was pretty much true. Remember, you know, you can go. Witchcraft has its benefits. You can, or at least seemingly in the, in the, in the moment, it can seem that way. I don't know what this is really benefiting my mom. And I'm like looking at my mom like with my jaw open. And I'm like, what? What are you talking about? I never knew about any of this stuff. And I don't really remember even having a lengthy conversation with my mom about it afterward. Um, but I don't think by, from what I've heard, that I was planned. I don't think that I was even really wanted at the time. Um, I just wonder how close I was to being aborted. Uh... I've heard basically from new age sources these things. And and I my mom was there kind of in this particular regard regard agreeing with the psychic. So uh not good. Not good, this type of stuff. And this is divination, this is what God warns against. But you see how if you're getting seemingly accurate information, it can be very, very compelling.
well, oh, this must be the true way. This is how could she know this? Well, how she knows it is that she's got demons. They're called familiar spirits and they're communicating with your familiar spirits. They're communicating with the demons inside you and they're exchanging information. That information is going into the medium and the medium's reading your mail. It's not that big. It's not that mind-blowing if you think about it. She's got, you know, She's got a internal dialogue set up because she's so full of devils and demons that she can do this. But it looks real impressive because you can't see the demons. So, um, my listener asked me, if, um, was I cursed by these readings? Is there anything I can do? My response, yes, 100%. See the attachment. And I talked about the Ouija, the um Ouija board um, in these three studies below. So I give three different studies where I talked about Ouija board. Um, yes, I would get deliverance ASAP. And I sent her an attachment on the tarot cards, but I've actually posted the content in this, in this studies for your perusal, if, if you want to look at that. Again, this is the PDF for july 31st 2022 so i said i would yes i would i would um look at my studies below where i talk about the ouija board i also i said you should listen to my teaching on witchcraft practices biblically exposed and defined part one and two all the way from 2007 i list all these in the pdf then i said first do this regarding deliverance and this is how to pass from curse to blessing it's just basically some things you go over and you do, and then a prayer. And then what I would do is when you get done with that, click on this video. And I got it all listed out. First do this. Second do this. It's Win Whirlies. Kind of a two-part thing. Really, you listen to the first part, but it doesn't really actually get cranked up to the very end of the first part. When you start praying, and then you just listen to the deliverance. Um, I, I've done it many times. And um, I tell you how to do that. I give you the link to that thing. Then third, for other areas you may need help with, do a YouTube. And again, you're going to have to read this. This isn't something I'm not. I'm not going to go over all this. This is something I'm going to post here. You can read. You can do if you feel compelled. I think all Christians should be doing deliverance. Um. Just, I th I believe it's biblical. One third of Jesus' ministry was doing deliverance. Uh, casting out devils and demons and things of this nature and yet it's not even talked about now you know it's like oh we don't need it anymore because we're saved and as soon as we get saved the holy spirit comes and dwells in us and casts out every single demon in us oh so you don't struggle with the flesh at all after you got saved now i understand there are people that get saved and they were heroin addict and they got miraculously saved and they have no more uh attraction to heroin i i get that i'm not saying god can't do that i'm not saying the holy spirit cannot accomplish that but most people that get saved still have um things they struggle with in the flesh afterward okay and but there are things you could do for that and i really believe the realm of deliverance is a incredibly important unexplored realm that i believe satan doesn't ever want you to know about because he does not want you to fulfill your books that are written in heaven that the bible talks about books about like, okay, if you were in the perfect will of God, this would be your book. He does not want you to fulfill your books. Those, those books are mentioned in the Bible. Okay, I've, I've got into the studies before. 
He wants to hinder you as much as possible. And you not getting deliverance for most people, most Christians that are saved would be a main, a really good way for you not to fully fulfill your calling. And I'm not saying that because I think I'm perfect or anything either. Because I still got a long way to go myself. We all do. I mean, you know, it's an ongoing thing. Anyway, um, uh, so third, after the Winworthy deliverance, then for other areas you need help with, do a YouTube keyword search for example, like for the, if you struggle with anger. Deliverance prayer for anger rage. Try to use the ones that are pastors that are men, okay? Um, it's kind of a dice shoot, guys. I, I can't, this is, gets out of my hands. You know, I, I don't have any deliverance ministers. I mean, I, I'm going to give you this one resource, but they're, that's a real dice shoot on deliverance, de, deliverance ministers I would say I would trust. But pray about it, fast about it. If you feel led, God can lead you on the proper path. Okay, I'm not a pastor. I am not a deliverance minister um, or anything in that regard. But I'm going to try to point you in the right direction. At this point, the whole thing is out of my hands, so you're going to have to pray and glean from what is available online. Fourth, after you feel like if you still need more deliverance help, you will be in a much better position to proceed with further deliverance one-on-one. -on -one. If you need further help, here's a map of one of one-on-one -on -one deliverance ministers from the most trusted network I know of. Now, I'm not saying I've it's the best one I could find. But again, this is a, this can be a dice shoot, so be careful. Just click on the state and you'll see their particular deliverance ministers, okay? So, again, I'm just a watchman. I'm trying to do, you know, jack of all trades and and I'm just trying to get you as much truth out as I possibly can. But I'm not in expert in all of these areas but I, I do try to point you in the right direction so then the last point is we mentioned about the tarot cards tarot cards are used in order to obtain answers to questions analyze the nature of a situation or to learn general nature of what the future holds in store and it's one of the most popular methods of fortune telling now that comes from the book mind and magic it's obviously not a christian book but that's how they would define tarot cards note Tarot cards are a Luciferian, uh, this is a Luciferian book, thus we see that occultists use the tarot deck for the forbidden purpose of divination, for telling, trying to foretell the future. Tarot cards are used in the occult and divination, all witchcraft is evil, all forms of horoscopes, tarot cards, psychics, palm readings, fortune telling is forbidden in the Bible. Again, my study on witchcraft practices biblically defined, which I gave you the links for above, or you can enter that into the keyword search, just witchcraft practices at contendingfortruth.com. Forgive me, but a lot of those older teachers, the audio is not near as good. I hadn't figured out a very uh, a, a good um, audio player at the time. So please forgive that re regarding that. But I can't go back and do all those studies again. Uh, just time does not permit. So going for, further, it says, God has clearly shown that the sorts of practices that are part of the tarot reading are not from him. Divination is shown in scripture, see Deuteronomy 18.10, Leviticus 19.20, Acts 16.16, 16, is wrong and coming from supernatural evil. Here's one experience, which is really awesome. And um, let me just do this real quick. Uh, this says, one experience we believe proves beyond any reasonable doubt where the power of the tarot 
comes from, or Tarot, however you want to say it. Jim was a Satanist and was an expert tarot card reader. At a crucial time in his life, he discovered his power to read the cards deserted him. All was revealed a few days later when he discovered two Christians had moved into the flat above him, like the apartment above him, and were praying to, you know, the Lord Jesus Christ. Jim lost his supernatural evil power. Evidently, from just being in close proximity to these Christians praying, the story has a happy ending. Jim was delivered from Satanism and converted to the true true Christianity. On top of this, one of the women that moved into the flat is now his wife. <laughs> God knew how to arrange that. Jim's story is told in full in, it's called The Vilest Offender. Available from reachout.trust and I give you a link there. Okay, that's all I've got for part one and we'll go to part two next.